All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of A Bite of D&D. I am here, as always, with Zach sitting across from me, and today we are going to take a look at cloakers. How you doing, guys? Uh, Zach, what is a cloaker? Well, a cloaker is a monster that you can find in your monster manual, uh, page 41. They are a large-sized CR-8 flying monstrosity, an aberration, and these are a great creature to surprise and terrify your tier two party with. Yeah, so uh, Zach and I were kind of having a debate before we opened up the recording here about these guys. Uh, because at first glance, uh, especially for a CR8, they certainly appear to be on the weaker side. And really, they probably still are. But I think that largely depends on how you as a DM handle them. And I think that's really the trick with these guys in general as we were kind of discussing them is you really need to be creative with how you present them to the party in order for them to be the threat they're presented as in the book. Yeah, I would say that this is definitely... A lot of the creatures in the book, I think, most DMs shouldn't have a problem running. Uh, these guys, the more I read into them, the more I'm like, okay, you really... There's a, there's, a, there's a strategy to their tactics and to their abilities that you need to have an understanding of before you come to the table. Otherwise, your level 6, level 7, level 8, level 10 party is going to mow through this CR8 creature. Yeah, and I think it's important to point out that when we talk about these strategies, as you as a DM need to prepare for, it wouldn't be out of character for this creature. Uh, surprisingly enough, this thing is actually pretty intelligent, and it could beat out some of your players uh, as far as tactics go, because this thing is sitting at 13 intelligence. It's not a dumb creature, yep. uh, so it would definitely have developed its own tactics and methods for hunting prey. It can speak deep speech, and it can speak uh, under common, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, for those of you listening, it is a creature that looks like a, a flying manta ray with teeth, basically. These guys have a, a false appearance ability, and if their undersides aren't exposed, they'll kind of look like just a cloak. So they've got kind of mandibles that they've got sitting out that could be the clasp of the cloak. Um, their wings kind of hang down, but they're very much like a flying manta ray. Yeah, and and I think that we even, uh, as we were looking at them, a lot of times these guys get uh, stuck with the dark mantle and that they kind of do the same thing or their goal is the same in that they want to attach to your face and start dealing damage. Uh, so these can be definitely seen as like the dark mantles, uh, meaner, nastier cousins. So let's go through and kind of talk about some of these abilities and maybe how to approach if you're if you flip it through your monster manual and you say oh these guys are cool like how would you run a combat with a cloaker and then then after that maybe we'll talk about what kind of settings or encounters we might put these guys in so what 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 are the tactics of a cloaker look like so i think the cloaker uh first and foremost really is all about deception again these are intelligent creatures and they know that in order to take down prey, they need to have the element of surprise on their side. I think if these guys are hiding out in a dungeon, an abandoned keep of some sort, again, with that intelligence, they will have learned that 
they're most successful when they can lure people in with that false appearance that they have. So hanging from coat racks, from closets, things like that, where they kind of roost. And then once they get the drop on them, uh, these guys have advantage on that attack. They will actually attach to someone's head, blinding them and uh, suffocating. suffocating them. I think they need to drop. They've got a, um, an ability called Phantasm. It uh, recharges up a short rest, but it basically duplicates themselves with three illusory creatures. But there's no save or anything. It's just when you hit, you roll a dice, and you that dice determines which one of these creatures you hit, either the real one or one of the illusions. If you hit an illusion, it goes away, but you've, in a sense, wasted an attack. So, I mean, there's no reason why they shouldn't drop that right out the gate. Uh, to, it's kind of a, an extra layer of armor padding for them well i think the other thing you could run into is they've heard your party coming and they're kind of hanging out they've already cast this before they even walk in so they come in they open up this armoire and you see four cloaks sitting in there well it's only one of the cloakers and it's just preemptively prepared for being discovered as a kind of a defense mechanism. Yeah. And then your party is trying to figure out what's going on with it. The other thing these guys do, and in my opinion is probably why their CR is listed higher, is that when they are attached to someone, if you attack them, they gain resistance. Essentially, they take half the damage and the person they're attached to takes the other half. So if your party is unaware of what these guys do, they could wind up knocking out their own wizard and then they're down a member out the gate without the creature having to do much of that work itself. Yeah, and the key there is uh, pay attention to the text because that bite, you can bite all day, uh, all night, and you can attach to somebody easily with that bite. Uh, All you have to do is succeed. But to attach to the head, you have to have hit on a roll with advantage uh, on that attack. So that first surprise round, when they they get advantage with with the surprise round, that... That's what you really, really need to get these creatures up into that CR8 category, in my opinion. If they, if, if the party has a round or two to kind of plan out how they're going to deal with these guys, they're going to drop quickly. We were looking at uh, the Chul, which is the creature right next to them in the Monster Manual. Uh, what CR is that? Uh, the Chul is only CR4. CR4, and it has more health and it does more damage per turn. It has two higher AC got about 20 more hit points and its attacks do more damage than the cr8 cloaker does so to really utilize these guys you've got to use all of their abilities you have to take advantage of the surprise round and the intelligence that they should have absolutely because like what are they doing like 2d8 damage plus a plus a tail not even that it's uh 2d6 plus 1d8 if the the tail is hitting yeah so you have to roll two separate attacks both have to hit but it's, yeah, I mean, it's just not a high damage creature. It's I, I really like it as far as its flavor, as far as the idea. I think any time, and, and suffocating is such a, a a wimpy thing in 5e as far as, that's almost never going to happen. But the fact when you're telling a person uh, sitting across from you at the table, okay, it attaches to your face, you're suffocating, and in a determined amount of rounds, you're going to drop to unconsciousness like that. 
even if it's 30 rounds away, knowing that is going to terrify that guy. And and I think that's what you want out of an encounter is you want to add that drama through tension and conflict. Well, and telling someone that they begin suffocating really amps up because most players and even DMs aren't necessarily full, fully read on all the rules. And so when you give that sense of urgency to the situation, again, you're more likely to have the fighter come over and try and help out by whacking this thing off your head and he winds up clobbering you instead, which, uh, I mean, once they learn that tactic, they'll have to start working around a little bit, but certainly adds a little bit more that surprise that they have. Yeah. And then the other main defensive tool that the cloakers will utilize is that they have a moan. And it's a pretty wide range, about 60 feet in diameter. And any creature has to succeed on a wisdom saving throw or become frightened until the end of the cloakers next turn. Yeah. Uh, so essentially you can make potentially make the entire party useless for a round while it goes after the next person. Yeah. Now, once someone does save that throw, they are immune to it for the next 24 hours, but can really disrupt the group as a whole. And this ability doesn't, doesn't need a recharge or anything. It can be used every turn if it wants. Yeah, I think... The moan is a good defense mechanism, too, if it's trying to escape. Because, again, it's high intelligence. This creature is trying to, much like, I don't know, I, I don't know of a great example, like a jaguar or something, hunting I'm antelope, it's like trying a, to get the outliers, the easy prey. Yeah, I, I think of a hyena, yeah. kind of a, an opportunistic. Yes, exactly. And it's not trying, so if it if it's getting pounded on, it's going to try to get away. I think this moan is a great like little reaction thing where it can let that go. Everybody's frightened and then it takes off and uh, it successfully maybe, I mean, it probably didn't kill anyone. The other thing though is it's a large sized creature. So if it wants to pick up your halfling and take it with him, uh, a snack to go, uh, uh, yeah, it, exactly. it, it sucks the uh, halfling up. It's suffocating as it flaps off and carries it away. Oh man, that would, that would be the worst. Um, something that I saw in the in the text, and uh, I haven't actually even talked to you about this yet, but if you look at the flavor text, it talks about how uh, the cloaker, when it's attached to somebody, will use its uh, spike tail to kind of ward off other combatants. But then if you look at the, uh, the stat block, it says that once it's attached to somebody's head, it can only make attacks, or once it's attached to someone, just in general, it can only make attacks against that person. So... Uh, I I think, obviously, the stat block is kind of king, but I like... I I think I would go ahead in my games and throw in that tail attack as an option to fend off others. I think that's a cool idea. Well, I would argue that because it's within the bite block specifically, that's only saying that the bite is limited that because this tail has 10 foot reach yeah they can whip this thing out pretty far to uh i think it makes sense someone to me it wasn't quite as clear but i think it makes sense yeah like you said i think that's a good tactic any other thing as far as the tactics that we want to go over for this creature i think as far as tactics go really that'll just lead us into the the next point on how you can use these in your games i think you had a particularly good one uh around a, a campfire yeah. uh, that would be fun to use. Yeah, I I imagine that, like, first off, there are typically solitary hunters, but it says that you can have multiples of them if you want, and that's true for most anything. I think it would be cool because they, they the flavor text says the false appearance, it looks exactly like a cloak. And so for me, uh, you've got a, a ranger keeping watch in a forest or in a cave at night, and he rolls low on his perception, and uh, you say, okay, well, a few minutes later, you will look over, and your fighter and your wizard are underneath their blanket, 
and just thrashing around as if they're in night terrors. And you just kind of let him have that. And to the people having night terrors, you just say, you know, your 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 eyes snap open, and all you see is is black. black. You feel a pressing weight against you and a a, a stinging bite. Yeah. Uh, but no matter how much you thrash, you can't seem to shake whatever the presence is off of you. Yeah, and you could even like give some loose description to kind of add to like the nightmare idea by saying like it's pitch black but you think you can see like maybe like a fleshy interior as if you're inside the mouth of a creature or something like like you could you could amp it up to where maybe s- certain parties would think that maybe they're still in a dream. You can hear a raspy wheeze every once in a while as a draft kicks past your uh your face yep. as the walls kind of close in around you. Yep, and you can make you can have them make some uh, saves, and you can have the ranger outside continue to make some checks and uh, just keep rolling damage behind your screen. And once once the threat is made aware, once somebody picks up on what's going on, you say, "All right, well, you've taken thirty damage, and Joe's taken forty damage from these guys already." And uh, so now that you know what you're dealing with. How are you going to do it? I think that that would be fun. It plays into their, uh, like you said, the opportunistic idea, and it it gives some credence to the uh, false light, the false appearance stat, yeah. which it says very specifically it looks like a leather cloak. Mm-hmm. So very, very clear. You can't make it out to be anything else. It's a leather cloak. So it's about trying to figure out a circumstance where that makes sense within an encounter. And you, you said the armoire um, earlier. Um, and I think that's a good other way, especially in one of those more like the, the madcap madhouse dungeons. Um, if you had an clo- uh, armoire filled with cloakers, that could be really fun. Well, and the other reason they give for these guys multiple cloakers being in an area is not only for defense, but it's to share information. Because, again, these guys are intelligent. So you can prelude to their presence with an attack or a surprise round that's not really meant to to do much besides maybe giving them a scare early on in the dungeon. But if they split the party, maybe someone's injured, running away, and this cloaker escaped earlier, well, you may have several of them hunting down your party now that they realize that there's a potential meal to be had yeah. down there. So these guys can definitely be scary. Use them in the dark. Use them where they'll be able to utilize that surprise because that's how they would be hunting anyway. A, a, an alternate idea um, if you're looking at different ways to toy with them. I like the idea that, because they can speak deep speech and things like that, like an illithid with a cloaker cloak could be fun. Like he, like a cloaker and him have kind of formed like a symbiotic, symbiotic relationship. Yeah. And uh, it just looks like a cloak until the illithid, the mind flayer, sticks it on you. Uh, I think that could be fun in a way to kind of freak well, the party out. it could even shore up, you know, his defenses a little bit. The rogue comes in for the, the sneak attack behind and the cloak whips out with this barbed tail and you suddenly realize that there's something else going on. You know, you could also I think within the realm of reason, especially with an illithid because they have uh, that, that trait, that they have a high end of magic anyways you could give that so so the cloaker takes half damage and gives the other half to the person that's on so it could give it to the mind flayer but vice versa i think you could have a cool spell or cool feature where the mind flayer if it takes damage gives it half of it to the cloaker so they can kind of share damage for a while 
And I think that that would be interesting. And then the party has to decide we need to try to separate these so that we can kill one at a time and focus damage. Otherwise, this this Mind Flayer, in a sense, instead of having 100 health, has 174 or 178. Yeah. So, uh, and then the only other one I want to throw out there is punish your player's greed a little bit. Again, these guys are opportunistic. They hear someone coming and it kind of attaches up to a, a tree limb. And as they're walking by, you know, you see what seems to be a cloak caught in the tree branches above. And almost definitely someone's going to be interested in pulling that down. They get up there. They get swallowed by this thing, essentially. And as they're struggling to pull it off, they slip from the branches. There's some falling damage. Maybe they get dragged away, like we mentioned earlier, as this thing, it, it secured its meal. It's it's good. It's taken off. Yeah. So... Definitely some fun ways to use these guys, but it's definitely a creature that you need to think about a little bit more. And I think that's going to wrap it up for us. So if you guys have used these before, if you have any ideas of your own, feel free to share them with us on Facebook and have a good one. Yep. See ya. See ya.